Blog Talk Radio. Ray and Tay today. Yes, Sports Radio's on, talking sports with friends, and you know we got it on from the NFL to the NBA, MLB and college who do it all day, college football, we know who's number one, understand, on the phones, you know we get it done, so call in 718-664-9098 and we'll give you more. Hello, hello, and welcome to the show. You're listening to Ray and Tay today, and I'm Ray, Tall Rayside. And I'm Tay, Eric Taylor, and it is a manic, manic Monday. Much to talk about in the sports world. Give us a call, 718-664-9098. Like always, check us out, rayandtaytoday.com, Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, iTunes, old shows. You want to send us some emails, you want to talk some baseball playoffs, whatever, Today at gmail.com. We got to give you our Stanley Cup pick. We didn't do it last show, so we're going to do that. Baseball playoffs, football, college football. Ray, talk to me, man, because Kershaw and Jansen are becoming my favorite law firm. And tonight, the Indians go for game three to cut the throats of the Blue Jays. What's on your mind with the baseball playoffs, and what are you thinking? So, Cleveland is walking around with a little swag. And (laughs) I don't know if that's because of Terry Francona or if that's because of the Cavs or what, but Northeastern Ohio, as they say, is the place to be. Shout out to Dustin. Dustin and the fellas. (laughs) Yeah, well, he's from he's from downstate, but you know they all pull for their oh, oh Indians. They're, they're together, yeah. Yeah, they they have won since 1948, so they're ready. Uh, I tell you what, I predicted the Blue Jays in this one, and I'm I'm in a little bit of trouble because these Indians, man, and and especially that formula that the Yankees used for years, that the Royals used, that backhand of the bullpen with Miller. Well, Miller's now incredible. That, let's, let's just well, say, now that Miller incredible. can go, you know, a couple innings. So, I mean, Miller and then Allen at the end of the, at the, end of the bullpen, that's pretty sweet. That is very, very sweet. So I'm worried if I'm Toronto. And, again, I went against myself. Remember I was saying, Never like to take those home run hitting teams because mm-hmm. when you score by the way of the home run, you're, it's easier to shut you down in the playoffs when you're facing top notch pitching and top notch competition. So I, I I was hesitant, but you know I said I have a feeling. I went with my I went with my gut and momentum more bless you more than I did my strategic analysis. So. You know what, well, what are your thoughts about tonight? Because wait, wait, that's just it. Because it's a little bit of controversy. He's not going. The Gibby's not going with Sanchez, and that he's going with Stroman. And he gets the Blue Jays and, and got it. I mean, got it done in the ball car. And so Sanchez goes game four, and Bowers back from Indians. The fingers fine after messing with the drone. Do you like going with Stroman, or do you felt that Gibbons should have gone with uh, Sanchez against Bauer tonight? Uh, you know, Stroman's their guy, and just like they brought Kershaw, 
just like everybody's pitching on, you know, short rest, he's your guy. If you're going to go down, you're going to go down with Marcus Stroman on the mound. So it's a little bit of a desperation move, but I, I can't really, I can't really fault it, especially when people are seeing what these pitchers are doing on short rest. And and by the way, give Clayton Kershaw a lot of props because he hasn't oh. always delivered in the playoffs. You no, know, but Ray, he, his, you know what? Last year we saw the glimpse of his improvement, and I think this year he's gone to another level. And people were worried about him missing all that time with his injury. But in some ways, I think it made him fresher and sure. like Dougie fresh. And I think now him and Jansen, that's like a new little law firm, and I love well, him. I mean, I mean, they have, to be, they have to be careful, though, because Jansen can't keep pitching two innings, right? He, he's a reliever, and he did 51 pitches, you know, in that clincher. Um, remember, we talked about the controversy of him going for Right, you know, and I think game now, three – they wouldn't use yeah. them two innings or maybe not at all if they can help. That seven and two formula, I mean, maybe once, you know, maybe to clinch the series with Kershaw and and, uh, and Jansen, but I'm not sure you could do that on a regular. So, I mean, it was great, though. Think about, think about it the other way, though. The Chicago Cubs can't hit for some reason. Um, but even well, though they can't not. hit, so <laughs> – but yeah, I mean, uh, uh, they're Rizzo and and Bryant and, and all these guys are are just in a huge slump. But they only gave up three hits of their own. So everybody's talking about the great performance, and it was by the two pitchers for um, you know for the Dodgers. But the Cubs pitchers combined for three hits. So it was just an all around great oh, game. Great. It was such a well pitched game. Your boy Baez is, is incredible with the glove and just everything. I, I think Rizzo's going to – I think he's going to wake up. I loved what happened in game one, uh, Miguel Montero with the pinch hit grand slam. That was insane. Ricky Lede stopped. By the way, you know that was the last time that was done was in 99, Ricky Lede. Oh, my goodness. Well, you know, I think that gave the Dodgers confidence, right, because they were down, you know, 3-1 and they tied it up in the eighth, and then, you know, to get it to 3-3, and then the Cubs just did what they did. But I think, you know, you saw a little something in game two where they look confident. And give Adrian Gonzalez credit, man. Just a crafty veteran, Ray, who just timely hits. Timely, timely hits. So, now, before we get to the NFL, man, so, wait, wait, so let's put it on the books. Game three, who do you think wins in the AL? You think the Blue Jays get it done? Yeah, I can't see I can't see Cleveland sweeping them. They might win the series, but I don't think they sweep. So yeah, I, I got the Blue Jays winning this game. I got the Blue Jays as well, and I still, in some way, I would I picked the Blue Jays in six. Maybe they turn it around and win in seven, but right now you gotta feel like they're in trouble. But one game at home can change that. Now in the NL, game three in LA tomorrow. Uh, you know, you got Hill. Who's Hill facing? It's Hill against Arietta. Yeah, is is Clayton Kershaw pitching? No, Clayton just pitched. So no, I'm Hill. joking. I'm oh, joking. Oh, yeah. I'm saying is Clayton okay. Kershaw <laughs> pitching? Then the Dodgers are losing. Uh, Chicago's the better team, offense, defense, and pitching, except when Clayton Kershaw is pitching. So I don't love this, Hill anyway. 
to be honest. This series might, yeah, this series might go five or six, but I, I gotta believe that Chicago takes care of business, even on the road. Yeah, those they, bats gotta wake up. Those bats gotta definitely wake up. Um, now we promised we would do it. We didn't get to do it, but we got some hockey fans. Now we do mainly playoff hockey, but Ray and Tay, we always give a prediction at the beginning of the season. So. Ray, let's start with the Eastern Conference, man. How do you think it's going to play out? Who are your picks? Who do you think is going to be the, in, the, in, the, in the finals? And then we'll get to the Stanley Cup final. Who you got in the East? Who yeah, so, you know, I sound like a broken record. I sound like Chris Berman when, you know, the Niners. The Bills, the Niners, the Bills 10 years. Keep circling <laughs> the wagon. But I got to think that one of these years that, the Washington Capitals are going to do it. <laughs> He's got more help uh, this year, maybe. We talked about yeah, that with Al Trowbridge. You know, yeah, we'll see. absolutely. So, I, I look, I'm not going to go with anything out of the, you know, mainstream, but I'll say Washington and Pittsburgh again, and that's going to turn out to be quite a little rivalry. So, that, both that from the Metro happen. Division, you think, yeah. from the metro, Metropolitan will come out in the East. Um you know what? I'm going to say that it's going to be the Lightning battling Washington in my final two in the East. I, I, I think the Lightning are going to be able to, to, you know, rekindle what they had going last year and even two years ago, and I think they're going to be strong. What do you think about out West? My heart says the Brooklyn Islanders or the New York Islanders, but, you know, that's just my heart. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Your heart's not uh, not going to Vegas and putting some some cash yeah. money on it. Uh, <laughs> in the West, you know, uh, this is a team that I liked last year. So I'm gonna say Anaheim Ducks. You still like them, huh? I still like them, and you know what? I'm gonna take a team from Canada because we can't we can't forget the Canadians. I'm gonna say Edmonton Oilers. Well, the Canadians have been forgetting themselves. It's not what we've been doing. <laughs> yeah, well, it's the Canadian hockey players, but I'm saying that the, the no, Canadian teams. No, no, I'm talking about the teams. teams. The teams have been yeah. struggling. No, that's right. So I'll say Edmonton and Anaheim. That's a little bit off the beaten path because most that people are going to say off the beaten St. Path. Louis. They're going to have a couple of Chicago. Watch oh, Chicago's back in the East now. But, uh, no, I, I'm going to stick with my pick. I'll, I'll say Anaheim and Edmonton. Okay, now listen, we got to say Quick got hurt for the Kings. I don't know how long he's going to be out for the goalie. He will be back. That's my man. Yeah, yeah he, he's a beast. And uh, and props to my man, uh, Austin Ma- uh, Matthews, for the Toronto Maple Leafs, uh, the way he started with the four goals. And he's, he's uh, a young stud. So Toronto will at least be fun to watch for hockey fans. I think in the West, I got to go with San Jose. And Chicago, man, I just – I think Chicago is still, with Kane and the boys, I still think they are legit. So what's your Stanley Cup final and champ? Uh, you know what? I'm going to say Edmonton versus Washington. Wow. Yeah. And I'll say, you know what? I'll Alex say that Alex Ovechkin gets it. Done. Wow. He gets off that Barry Bonds, Patrick Ewing, you know, Charles Barkley. Wow. Uh, he, he gets off that team, 
and joins the joins the champions. Okay. He's, well, he, he's welcomed into the club. Into the club. Oof. You know, I want it for him. I'll, I'll start with my West first. I think out West, I'm going to say, <clears throat> I'm going to say San Jose beats out Chicago. For some reason, I just, I just think that they're going to be able to get it done. Don't sleep on um, what you would call the St. Louis Blues, too. They should be tough. But I'm going to say uh, San Jose gets in. And I say that they play, oh, gosh, I want to pick Washington, too, but I don't think it's going to happen. I'm going to say that San Jose goes up against the Lightning, and I think the Lightning get it done. I think it's going to be their year. I, I really wow, do. Wow, so okay. That's, that's my pick. And, um, but I wish, I wish, I wish your, your pick would come out in terms of Washington. You know, and our boy. So enough of the hockey. You got it on record. Washington and Tampa Bay are two uh, picks for the Stanley Cup final. And the final word is on in the NFL is that the Patriots are the greatest team ever. Because if we got to start there if we're going to start anywhere. And, Ray, with Gronk and Bennett and 35-17, they did more than cover that spread a little rough game in the beginning. How impressed are you with the, you know, Dante Hightower, Logan Ryan, the defense, Brady, the receivers, James White, two touchdowns. Can this team, can, can they be beat? They can be beat. So they're not the 2007 team that ended up losing to the Giants. But you know what? They don't beat themselves. So, you're going to have to play A to A-plus football, and they're going to have to play C football. You know what I mean? This team, it's it's hard to see them. They did lose that one game, obviously the fourth game of the Brady's, Brady suspension, but it's hard to see them not going 14-2. and two. I mean, 13-3, and three, but that's about it. So I'm saying that, that, that they lose – you know, zero, but probably one or two games from now on. And they just they just roll right into the playoffs. Now, the playoffs are a different story, but in the regular season, this team, I mean, I, I don't see many people beating them. i got to look at their schedule to tell you who they could lose to, but they're, they're just they're just Well, listen, Landry Jones and the Steelers next week, I don't think they're going to have an answer for them being a Steeler fan because Landry Jones just can't get it done. And we can go there next because Big Ben had so a surgery. what are they saying about Ben, yeah? Well, he's going to miss the Patriots game, and then they have the bye, so they luck out, and that he probably will be there with, uh, at, you know, at the Baltimore Ravens. So he'll, he'll miss Patriots, the bye week, and then come back against the Ravens most likely. So that's the Steelers kind of get a break in that sense. Do you know what I mean? So yeah. that's good. But let's talk about that disappointing look. I had to – Text our friend Hank, and even he was shocked at the outcome of his Dolphins. The Steelers, I think, and this is the curse, right? You cannot overlook in any opponent in any professional sport league, especially the NFL, when the Dolphins have the talent that they have on that defensive line and have talented players. They just don't always play well. Well, they played well against the Steelers, and the Dolphins' defensive line manhandled the Pittsburgh offensive line. And away went the game. Whether Ben got hurt or, you know, him coming back 
and then going out again, it wouldn't have mattered, I think. I just think the Steelers did not show up. They were not mentally ready, and it was disgusting football. So I got to give the Dolphins credit. And Jay Ajayi, I mean, getting over 200 yards, that was a, a – <laughs> I hope people started him in fantasy. That was a surprise and a shocker. Um, what, give me your thoughts on, on the Dolphins, though, because they're an enigma. I mean, can, can you trust them after this win, or do you think next week they can go back and, and lose? No, they like definitely lose next week. They're an enigma wrapped in a quagmire. These guys, <laughs> I, I, you can't, you can't trust it. You can't trust it. They, they're a seven and nine, eight and eight team at best. Um, they are so erratic. Offensive line is shaky. You know, I'm not sold on Ryan Tannehill. Uh, I like their receivers, uh, but. If, if this kid Jay Ajayi comes and, and shows that he can be a, an every down back, you know, because they did let go of Lamar Miller, they tried to bring C.J. Anderson in. I don't think this team – and this team well, doesn't – Well, Foster can't stay healthy. That's the well, problem, healthy, But they also don't have an idea. Yeah, Arian Foster, I mean, you know I love me some Arian Foster, but, but he's just if, – if your hopes rest on Arian Foster, well, good luck, because he's just so – He's so talented, but he's so uh, you know injury prone. The other thing is, this team doesn't have an identity. Who are they? What are they? Do they punch you in the mouth? Are they finesse? Do they go up and down? Do they score? What are they? I don't. I feel like people look at the Dolphins and they're like, oh, it's just another opponent, right? You don't really feel like just they they try to impose their will on you. So no, I, I'm I'm not thinking that the Dolphin fans should get very, you know tremendously excited after this win. I mean, it was okay, but don't yeah. be afraid. Well, speaking of imposing their wills and a team that you know who they are with new OC Anthony Lynn winning four in a row, they're four and one, 45-16, the Bills put it on the Niners. Kaepernick looked actually better than I thought he would, and he's got speed, he's still got the arm, he's skinnier, but beautiful touchdown pass to Torrey Smith. The Niners just don't have any talent. The Niners and Browns together couldn't have beaten the Bills or any other team in the league. Clearly the two worst teams. And Shady McCoy with three touchdowns and another 140-yard performance, he's probably ahead of uh, Ben and, and Breeze and Matt Ryan for the MVP. Shady's incredible, Ray. I, I mean – Unless you want to put in Dak or Ezekiel Elliott, but right now I was about Shady, to say they'll split votes. Those two Cowboys, no, no, no. but Shady, the Cowboys right. need Shady. to be up there too. Yeah, no, Ezekiel's right up there. We'll get to them in a minute. But how impressed are you with Buffalo, man? They're playing really good football. They are, and you know what? I told you all year that this guy, Lashawn McCoy. People forget. That's the thing about football, and especially with injuries. Yeah. People forget, like everybody's talking about Le'Veon Bell, and Le'Veon Bell is awesome, but Shady McCoy was Le'Veon Bell two years ago, and he was the best player in the game and the best offensive weapon, you know, in football. That's right. The only Twitter handle, cut on a dime. I love it. That's the best Twitter handle ever. (laughs) (laughs) The only thing that happened to him was he got hurt. He didn't, you know what I mean, He he didn't hit 30. He didn't, you know, uh, hit the wall. He didn't lose passion for the game. He just got hurt. And he's still in his 20s, and he's still in his prime. So, LaShawn McCoy is still LaShawn McCoy. So, everybody who doesn't know, now you know. That's shady right there. 
Kaepernick gets another start next week against Tampa. You know, wasn't that efficient, but 187 yards passing and a nice bomb to Torrey Smith, uh, 65 yards rushing, um, which is, I guess, pretty impressive in that sense, eight, eight a carry. Um, do you think he'll keep the job? Do you, do you think he'll do better playing against a lesser team in Tampa? Or do you just think it doesn't matter because this team just doesn't have a talent? I don't like Chip, play, Chip Kelly's play calling. I saw in the uh, they had like a fourth and short. They took Carlos Hyde out, and they had Mike Davis come in and run it twice. And on the fourth down, he got shut down. And in my head, I'm like, you got Sean Drones, you got Carlos Hyde. Why are you running Mike Davis, who's not gaining any yards, two plays in a row right into the line? Chip Kelly, man, he's, he's innovative, but he's not. It's basic as offense, right? Well, I think you said it before, though. I think this team is just doomed to fail. They just don't have an NFL roster, an above-average NFL, or even an average NFL roster. I think it starts with the GM. And you can say Chip Kelly, and you can say Colin Kaepernick. When Trent Bokey gets fired, you think, at the end of the year? Just like Grigson and the Colts, I think both of them could lose their jobs. It's quite possible. It's quite possible. Uh, I, I don't know that who have been their draft picks even. I mean, Reed's a starting safety, so that was a decent pick, and they, they traded with Dallas to get that one. They had some bust um, with the receivers and their corners. Carlos Hyde is another you know high draft pick. Uh, they've got some defenders that are high, high draft picks. Um, I mean, they took the kid from Oregon. He hasn't turned out. The defensive lineman, yeah. Armstead. Yeah, you, know, so you could argue that bad picks. In some ways, if you're not a Colin Kaepernick fan, then you could argue that they signed a team-friendly deal with Kaepernick. So that was a good GM move, right? Almost like well, the restructure, the yeah, the restructure. You're right, yeah. And they just gave him the uh, they just gave him this insurance policy because he's going to opt out at the end of the year. But they did yeah, want an insurance he wants policy, to be a free which is fair, you know. And 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 it, you know, if he gets hurt this year, he still gets paid his seven and a half million dollars next year as a, as like a, uh, a a body insurance policy. Uh, but you're right though. This this Niners team, man, they from and I kept pounding the table that for three four years they were the best team in football. They only got to a Super Bowl and they lost to Baltimore, but this team just fell apart. And and it started with Harbaugh, you know. He wasn't the GM, but he pulled all these guys together. And, and, and maybe they got sick of him, and maybe his word became annoying and, and whatever. But, you know, they miss too, him. too many things changed. Patrick Willis retired. Uh, they kept getting hurt. You know, Harbaugh left. Kaepernick uh, uh, lost his starting job. This is before the whole, you know, national anthem. Oh, yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Too many things happen Too to much. a team that was really, really good, and you just don't recover from that. So they'll they'll be bad for for the next, you know, for the foreseeable future because you don't look at this team. And if Carlos Hyde's your best player, I mean, mm, well, not I'm not really saying healthy because Navarro Bowman's their best player, but getting Navarro Bowman's their best player. You're right. Carlos Hyde's their best offensive player. Navarro Bowman's their best overall mm-hmm. player for sure. Well, let's let's talk about the Giants' best player because I think he clearly showed who he was yesterday. Had a bonehead play at the end that the Ravens could have took advantage of with the you know personal foul whatever because of the celebrating. 
But Odell Beckham Jr., Ray, it seemed like he got the, what, 221 yards, like, without trying. He, it's funny, like, I love Antonio Brown and Julio, but even I can admit, like, this guy, if he wants to be and if Eli is on target, Odell might be the best pure talent at receiver um, in the game because it was just – it was amazing. They win 27-23. Baltimore, their play calling and clock management was atrocious. Are the Giants lucky to, to, to win another one, or what are, you, what are your thoughts about that? The Giants are lucky. They could have easily lost. Uh, but at the same time, the Ravens are not really that good. So well, yeah, both, both teams. Yeah. Both of these teams are lucky that they're kind of – Floating along, and, and their divisions are kind of up for grabs, even though the Cowboys look like they're they're in fourth gear in the NFC East. But uh, you're right. Odell Beckham can just do things on the field that are just incredible. <laughs> he is similar and different at the same time to Antonio Brown, right? Antonio Brown, right. you look at him, and there's nothing about Antonio Brown – that intimidates you, right? He's not Julio Jones. He's not, you know, Megatron who's retired. But yet he finds a way, and he's got this unbelievable chemistry with Ben. Odell Beckham is similar, but Odell Beckham has speed. Odell Beckham has sort of slippery elusiveness and, a, and kind of a, a, an unseen fifth gear, sixth gear. Cause it seems he like he glides away on the field, people. Yeah. Odell glides. Yeah. And he had He's a like hip climbing, pointer, and they came fly. back to triple jump on the uh, on the Ravens. <laughs> but oh, you know what? I, I, but here's the thing, and I don't want to sound like one of those old school, you know, cats. But those 15 yard penalties, you can't be giving away 15 yards at the end of the game. No, no, no. There's going to be resentment in the locker room because you know what? That's this has got to stop. Yeah, that's too much about look at me, look at me. And he's got to stop that. And it's going to cost them a game. And it might yeah, cost them. And, and because they're totally. not that good, it might cost them, you know, a, a playoff berth. It might cost them at least competing for a playoff berth. So you can't be doing that. And and think about – I didn't hear his press conference, right? But think of – Odell's, that is. But think about Gronkowski did the same exact thing. And he but came out so humble. Yeah. yeah, in his press conference, 15 minutes after the game, he was like, look, my bad. I put myself ahead of the team. I shouldn't do that. It'll, co- You know, we got away with it today, but, but it'll cost Belichick us down the road. The hammer. And you saw Belichick talk to him in the middle of the game on the field. And it goes back to last year in his rookie year. Tom Coughlin never checked the kid. Discipline is love. It's the same thing you raise your children. They start throwing stuff around or jumping on a chair in a restaurant. You have to let them know that that's not okay. You can't just be like, <laughs> and smile and this and that, and, you know, and act like you don't see your chill, children acting like monkeys, right? And a lot of parents in our society today, they do that. They don't want to correct or teach their kids, but discipline is love. It's the same thing with a coach and young athlete. He's young. He's immature. He acts a fool. You have to tell him no. You're not allowed to act a fool. It's selfish, irresponsible, and it can hurt the team. So it's no different from raising a child. And I blame McAdoo and I blame Tom Coughlin even more because this happened prior years. You know what I mean? So I think he's going to wake up and he's going to get it right. And as far as the baby thing, perfect segue, because Cameron Jarrell Newton might 
the season might be over. And luckily they have the bye, and that was a bad loss. They came back and they lost 41-38. But again, a minute and 30 seconds at a press conference, and he walks off and being a baby. And it's like, dude, you got to answer the questions. It sucks. You lost. And I get it. But, you know, we get mixed messages because guess who acts like a baby too, right? Belichick. Ron in Cincinnati. Well, you know what I mean? He's unprofessional too. So it's, it's, so, it's sort of weird, right? We can't rip players and then not rip coaches for doing it too because they do it and they're grown, right? So, you know, it's – but tell me, are the Panthers done? Because I think they're done. The only reason they wouldn't be done is if you don't think Atlanta is for real. No, uh, Atlanta's for real. Tampa, Tampa and New Orleans are not for real. So really, the, the only you know the only one they're dealing with is Atlanta in their division, and then you got to think that the the NFC wild card everybody beats up on each other. But you know the NFC West might get two teams in, and then you're figuring you're NFC looking East at, could get two teams. <laughs> and there you go, and the NFC East could get two teams in. So Panthers are in trouble. And they you know are. What? It started to come apart in the Super Bowl. And that speed, it revealed their offensive line weakness. And I, I was still, now i got to say this, we were still amazed at how prolific they were offensively last year. Because, well, because we thought their GM didn't give them, give them enough. Yeah, and you looked at their roster and you said, this team is not that good offensively, especially. I mean, defensively they were great, but offensively you were, they didn't have Kelvin Benjamin. I mean, they were throwing the Fozzie. And they were, I mean, Greg Olson played a But that also shows how great Cam was last year, and he's just not being that great this year. And they miss Josh Norman. I don't care what anybody says. They miss him. Yeah. And the front seven is not playing as well, but they they definitely, they they miss him, Ray. Wait, let me ask you this. Speaking of missing people, we're going to get to Seattle and Dallas in a minute, but we got to talk about the Raiders because – I didn't believe that this would happen, and I think you went with the Chiefs, and I and I knew that the Chiefs could do it, right? Because now they're sixteen and two off the bye. Andy Reid is just that's Andy Reid, right? But you wanted to see if the Raiders could turn the corner and start to, you know, smell the cologne that they're wearing and that people are putting on them. And this is why neither one of us really picked them to make the playoffs because they can't handle success and can't handle success at home. This, to me, was a bad loss for the Raiders because they could have taken the reins in AFC West, and now I think it's going to be between the Chiefs and the Broncos at the end of the day. How do you look at Kansas City and and, and how they beat them? 26-10? Come on. Yeah. I mean, you, you said it perfectly. This was their chance to show the league that they're for real to get that stink of not being a winner since 2002 off of them. And they came up short. Now, they still have many more chances, right? Season's not over. But this was your chance to step up and be 5-1 and one and essentially be playing from ahead the rest of the season ahead of Denver and Kansas City. And obviously, you know, the Chargers are, are probably better than that 2-4 and four record. So, you're going from being first place alone in first place in that division to, frankly, you got to fight for your life to make the playoffs because the Raiders could end at nine and seven and not make the playoffs. So, uh, 
I wanted them to win because I liked this new this new Raider team, but I had my suspicions. I thought that Andy Reid and and the Chiefs they're they're just a tough matchup. You really have to play. They're not going to beat themselves. You got to go out and beat them. And, and they just couldn't. Jamal looks good, Ray. He did, and they didn't even need him. I mean, yeah. Spencer Ware still is, is totally rock most of the time. They'll ease him in. I mean, eventually Jamal, you know, he's more dynamic, more explosive, so he'll be the guy, but but they didn't even need him. So let's go to Seattle. I mean, 26-24, no Cam Chancellor. Jimmy Graham is alive and well and waking up. You got Alex Collins, the Arkansas rookie scoring. Russell Wilson looking pretty good. Doug Baldwin disappeared until the end. But I'm more impressed in the loss because the refs blew the call. You've got to call that pass interference. That was disgusting. I want to, I, I miss what Dean Blandino and NFL Network said, the head of officials. And trust me, Rich McKay from the Falcons is the head of the um, committee, and they're going to definitely, definitely put in there for next year, I bet you, replay on, on, uh, on pass interference calls. Because to me, Ray, that right there got – would have had them probably in field goal range, and they might have won 27-26. Either way, they lose. You give Seattle credit, but this showed me, because that's a hard place to go play, even if it's early in the season, anytime. Any of the eight games in Seattle are difficult, and Atlanta Falcons, three weeks in a row, playing against Panthers, Broncos, and now Seahawks, 2-1, and one, that's pretty darn good. They can run the ball. They can pass it. Kyle Shanahan, and I texted that to you, Ray, He's going to be a head coach next season, and he totally deserves it. The play calling is it's beautiful. I, there's sometimes well, you know league, me. I, I wasn't a Kyle Shanahan fan at all. I wasn't. No, no. He's 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 but made me he's, he's a believer. Up. Now yeah. I'm a Shanahanahan. <laughs> I'm a follower now. I'm a Shanahanahan. Because well, you know what? This kid Devontae Freeman and Coleman are turning out to be a nice little you know thunder and lightning, and obviously. Uh, that's what Giovanni and, and Jeremy Hill should be, right? Should be, but they're not. They're um, not. And then, you know, obviously Julio Jones and Muhammad Sanu. I tell you what, though. But Alex Mack, this. that's the pickup. That was the free agency pickup, remember? Alex Mack, the center from the Browns, he has made their own line of the glue. Who's the Mack? But think about this. If you're the Cincinnati Bengals, Tyler Eifert got hurt. And then you lost Muhammad Sanu, who's having an okay season, but Marvin Jones Sr. is leading the NFL, going into this, this week, was leading the NFL in receiving. He's so a beast. these guys, you just can't lose that. And, and they replaced with Brent LaFell, actually playing better and more consistent than, than, than I expected. Uh, but, yeah, that, that just shows you the fortunes of, you know, Detroit. Think about the Detroit passing game, the Atlanta passing game, how they've improved, and how Cincinnati's taking it on the chin. It's wild, man. You know, NFL each week, week to week, when you think you know something or figured something out, and then you get these knuckleballs and curveballs, and the last real game to talk about, because, look, Sunday night football, the Colts, they're buried. Texans 26-23 overtime, you know, ugly game. They became the competitive you give Osweiler credit for a couple of good throws at the end. All game he played horrible, and Lamar Miller's a stud. But, Ray, it's time to talk about how about them Cowboys? Ray's how Cowboys. about them Cowboys? Listen, I got to give a shout-out. Rest in peace to our boy, 
Kwame Ohaney from Bong, a cowboy fan. Ray is a cowboy fan. My my cousin, my stepbrother Jonas and Tom, my boy uh, Fish, Tony Watson. I mean, we know so many cowboy fans. They are so deep. My boy John James, Ray, they are right now on top of the mountain. And who would ever imagine that they've actually got two good quarterbacks and one will be back soon. They go into the bye, and then they come back against Philly. But 30-16 to 16 in Lambeau Field, where Tony could not win, Dak went in there with Ezekiel and got it done. Now, everybody's saying, oh, the offensive line and Ezekiel, Tony would whatever. But Tony also throws bombs, takes chances. Tony, when he doesn't have Dez, struggles a little bit. Dak's been doing this without Dez. I mean, come on. We gotta, at some point, we got to start to give this guy serious credit. Yes, the O-line and Ezekiel are great, but he's doing this. Wait, wait. Can people hear me out there? Can you hear me? This is not Verizon or Sprint. This is E-Mobile. Can you hear me? <laughs> I said he's doing this without <laughs> Dez. Scored 30 in Lambeau on an improved Packer defense. This Packer defense is good. Ray, you take the floor. I'm dropping a mic. Zach needs to keep his job, Ezekiel for president, and Ezekiel for MVP and Rookie of the Year. I'm done. It's amazing. And, I'm, and I don't like the Cowboys, but I'm impressed. Well, you're right. Uh, and I kept saying Tony Romo is more dynamic. Tony Romo is the man. Tony Romo needs to take his job back. But the one thing, well, two things that Dak does that Tony doesn't do is, A, he doesn't take chances. He doesn't turn it over. He finally did in his, uh, what is it, his sixth game. He finally threw an interception. After he broke after Tom breaking, Brady's record, though. After breaking Tom Brady's record for most consecutive passes without an interception for a rookie to start a career. And he, at this age, can make plays outside of the pocket, can extend plays. And you almost don't want Tony Romo doing that because then he's susceptible to getting hurt. So I said to you this week, that Tony, last week, that Tony Romo should have his job back. But I also I had a slight yeah. caveat, and I said depending on what happens in Green Bay, which I thought <laughs> the Cowboys would lose, frankly, and then it would be a much easier transition back to Tony Romo. But I said depending on what happens in Green Bay – and you know what? Dak deserves that job. I mean, I'm sorry. This is this is for competitive pro sports. And, and even though Jerry Jones has loyalty, which is respectable, you got to <laughs> – your window, look at the Carolina Panthers. They're 1-5, and, and they were playing for a Super Bowl last year. They're 15-1 last year playing for a Super Bowl. And yet and still, these guys probably don't make the playoffs. So, you know, Tony Rome has given his thing – and giving his time to Dallas. But right now, if you have to win a game, I'm saying Dak Prescott's your guy. He really is. And I think we talked about Phillip Rivers to the, you know, Rams or to, you know, in my mind to the Jets. How about Tony Romo to the Jets? And you know what I mean? And, and, and maybe get one of those extra defensive linemen that they have. And, you know, of course, the Cowboys might have to give up a pick since Romo's old. But, you know, you, you trade uh, Romo and, a, and, a, and a maybe third rounder for uh, Muhammad Wilkerson or, one of, or Shelvin Richardson or one of them guys, 
and maybe a fifth rounder or sixth rounder, you might have yourself a little deal there. I, I got to tell you, man, I, I'm just blown away. I'm blown away. So, look, let's talk about it. We got the Packers on Thursday hosting the Bears. But first, Monday Night Football, seven and a half points. The Cardinals are favored at home tonight on ESPN against our New York Jets. I'm going to stab at this one first. I, I think the recipe for the, the Cardinals to win this game is, is set up to throw it deep often and, and, and early. Palmer's back, throwing it to John Brown. The, the Jets are susceptible to that. I think they might have some success stopping David Johnson. So it's going to be, can Carson Palmer get it done? I think Fitzgerald can get some, some stuff, but, you know, they're, they're better at the short game. But you stretch the Jets deep, and I think they're in trouble. I think Brandon Marshall and Forte could do okay. I think you can kind of pound it on the Cardinals. So if they want to really get Bilal Pow, you know, running downhill and Forte up the middle, maybe they can do it. Um, but I don't think the, the – I want to call them the Falcons, the Cardinals, right? A different bird. It's a different bird, Eric. <laughs> I think the Cardinals win but don't get your cover. Right. Get your aviation right. Get your bird right, right? Uh, you know you know what it is. It's October, and you know what that means. Speaking of bird, wait, wait, speaking the of bird, we, we got to get a rest in peace out there. Thanksgiving bird. Man. No, no, you but know. we got to give a rest in peace out to the Dennis bird. Oh, yes. Right. The ex-Jet who was partially, I guess, what was he technically? He was paralyzed, and he was he sort was, of motionless. He, 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 but he, was came able, back. he came back, man. Such an inspiration, and uh, yeah. Kind of the beginning accident. of the, the beginning of the modern era of medicine in football, right? Yeah. Like nowadays, if something like that happens, you get that quick freeze. You know, they get you to the hospital, they lower your body temperature, they body do all the things you know exactly that they need to, to do. do. Yeah. And, and the shame of it all is <sighs> that he's 50 years old and he and he and he passes in a car accident. It's horrible. It's horrible. Um, So 28-24, I'm going to go with the Cardinals, but I'm rooting for the Jets. And I think John Brown. Yeah, I think John Brown Brown gets a touchdown in about six catches, 90 yards. Everybody in the desert hates me because I've been been rooting. (laughs) I don't root against them. Yeah, there's a bunch of high school kids that are are looking for you out here, man. (laughs) I've been picking against the, the Arizona Cardinals forever, ever. But not this week. I think they handle our Jets. I, I really do. I think the Jets are just, it's the beginning of the end. Todd Bowles isn't going to get fired. Uh, but I think that with Decker they bench going Fitzpatrick, on IR, Is it the end of Fitzpatrick? Do they give one of these young guys a chance? So if the truth is, I don't know. Tonight, if he throws three interceptions tonight and they lose 30 to 14, Tell me what happens with three INTs. But remember that, you know, and I'm not a defender of Brian Fitzpatrick per se, but he's doing a lot of this out of desperation. You know, it's not like he's playing from ahead and throwing games away. He's basically having to make plays, and, you know, he's got a natural tendency to turn it over. So having said all of that, I wouldn't turn it over to Geno Smith because I know Geno's not the answer. If you're telling me you want to take a chance – on Petty or Hackenberg, then, all right, I I can live with that because I I think that this season, especially if I'm right, 
we're both right about this game uh, going to the Cardinals, and then the Jets season is officially over. So, you know, is it time to sit him? Not yet, but but maybe soon. Maybe soon, just to see who you got. Plus, you're not committed to this guy long term anyway. So, he, you know, he's not going to be your quarterback for game one next year. So maybe you do give somebody else a chance. I think you might have to really ponder it. I mean, it's, you know, look. But not Christian Ponder. Not Christian Ponder or his very talented wife, Sam Ponder, does the college football stuff. But, Ray, you got to ponder it. You really do because maybe you get lucky and Geno plays good enough that you can trade him. Or maybe you try Petty and the kid just, you know, starts to do it. I mean, look at how many young kids are, are doing things in the NFL why can't the Jets young kids go in and maybe show some success? They've got receivers to throw to. Yeah, Decker's out, but the other two guys are good. You know what I mean? You've got a veteran running back and a good offensive line. I mean, give Hackenberg or, or, or Petty a shot. Come on. I mean, you know, if we get to it the point where we're not going anywhere, we got, we got to do something if we're not going anywhere. No, you know? it might be time. You might be right. All right, so let's, let's get to Thursday Night Football. Well, yeah, Thursday Night Football, some quick college, and we'll wrap it up. But the Bears are going to the Packers. The Bears find another way to lose, two in a row. Hoyer's playing great. They lose to the Jaguars uh, 17-16 in a weird game because they were winning the whole game, and the Jaguars just came out of nowhere. But uh, I just think the Packers and Lambeau Thursday night, no Devontae Adams. He's got a hamstring. He won't be ready. They, they, they just they are going to be too much, and – the Bears is the perfect medicine for them to get it right. Jordy Nelson is, you know, playing well, but he's he's not himself because it's the first year off the injury. Next year he'll be better, but he's also 31. He's older. Um, I just think, you know, Lacey's playing. He's banged up. James Starks, I don't know if he's going to play, but I think Aaron has got to do better, and I think they've got to try some motion plays, some different designs in the offense. It's disgusting. I say all that to say that I'm not, I don't even know if they got a line out, but I don't think they'll cover because I think the bears are moving the ball and Zach Miller's a stud and Justin Jordan or Justin, what is his name? Jordan Howard, the kid from Indiana is a Howard, beast. Yeah. yeah. Howard's tough. And I think <clears throat> the Packers win 27, 20 over the bears Thursday night. I think the bears play decent for a little bit. So I think the Bears have been moving the ball up and down the field, but they're not explosive. I mean, even though they got Alshon Jeffrey and Eddie Royal, I guess, on the outside, and and you're right, Howard up the middle scoring his first touchdown, they are going 20-20, to but they're not scoring enough. I think that this is going to be the week, and this is exactly the medicine. Sometimes on a short week it brings the best out of you because you just – revert back to what you're naturally kind of comfortable doing. You don't analyze too much. You don't go too much with game plans. You don't go too much with schematics. You pretty much just go back to your, you know, muscle memory. And I don't know what happened to the Packers, and I don't know why this team is not what they should be. But, like you said, I think Chicago is going to be the perfect, you know, uh, recipe for them. And I think they actually put it on Chicago. Because Chicago, as much as they've been, and Hoyer's got some nice numbers, they're actually not scoring as much as they need to be 
uh, especially if the Packers get it together. Devontae Adams going down is a big deal, but I still think that Aaron will find a way to spread it around. I think they win pretty easily. I'll say 30 to 19. Alabama reigns supreme, and what they did to Tennessee was kind of like, I think, what them and the Patriots are just these organizations that don't irritate them, don't tease them, don't get them upset, because they're better than you. And the Patriots retooled, the roll tie retooled. Jalen Hurts, this quarterback, freshman, is incredible. I love, you know, Harris. Damian Harris is a beast. The receivers are talented. And they still, you know, remain number one. Ohio State's two. Michigan was idle. They're three. Clemson, Ray, did you think the kid was going to make the field goal? I mean, that was yeah. – that was. I thought NC State was going to put Clemson out. Clemson got very lucky. They're four. They could have even dropped the five, but, you know, I guess they got some respect. They're four. Five is Washington. They're idle. They had to buy Aggies six. They were, had to buy Louisville. Struggled against Duke that Friday night after we got off the show. That was a pretty entertaining game. They're seven. Eight, Nebraska keeps winning. Nine, Baylor. You could argue, representing the Big 12, that Baylor should be ranked higher. I think a lot of people hating on them because of, you know, maybe deservedly all the scandals there. But they are nine and, and you know, playing well. Number 10, Wisconsin, who showed themselves so well, Ray, in that lost Ohio State. Let's start there. What, we, what were your thoughts about that game? And honestly, it's all about that secondary Ohio State clutch interception at the end to, you know, preserve the game. I just think that their defense and their whole talent is just too tough. But how, how, how impressive was Wisconsin in a, in a great battle? You know what? Wisconsin is is a really, really impressive program. You know, ever since the the days, you know, probably for the last twenty years, oh, yeah. Barry Alvarez and crew, and Brett Bielema, they just they're a tough out. You know, they had no yeah. business staying with Ohio State. Ohio State's better, <laughs> athletically deeper, more talented, but they're really good. They may not be national championship good but they're that next tier and give them a lot of credit because everybody including me you too i believe expected ohio state to just take care of business and it's not even that 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 the game was competitive i mean wisconsin could have won that game that's how that's how well they played so kudos to them but having said all of that i mean michigan's the fly in the ointment but it looks like we got a one versus two, Saban versus uh, uh, you know our boy at um, Urban our boy Meyer. Ohio State. Yeah, Urban Meyer. Michigan could beat Ohio State though when they yeah, play. They could. That's they could. And like I said, they're the floor in the ointment. They could be the yeah. other team. They could be the other Big Ten team representing. Uh, is Clemson although- is something wrong with Clemson and their offense and just because I think they can be had. The ACC is beating up on each other. And really, you know, uh, having a good season. Now, you know, some of their top higher teams have been losing, but it's because they've got six teams in there that are really good. So does Clemson survive the rest of their schedule? They still got Florida State. Well, 
But I do have Florida State, who was looking a little shaky, but, you know, missed field goal by Miami. They're getting a little momentum. They stuck it to, you know, NC, uh, UNC. Clemson could be had. Clemson could be had. I, 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 uh, I definitely think that coming off of last year's, you know, near national championship win, that they would have been more refined, you know, you know, kind of running in fourth, fifth gear all season, but they haven't. So they could lose. I could definitely see them losing. Yeah. I mean, they have a bye, and then on the 29th, Ray, they're playing at Florida State. You know, after that is Syracuse, who shocked Virginia Tech this weekend, and then Pitt. So, you know, they, they look like, you know, after Florida State, they got a kind of a cakewalk. Um, you know, of course, they play South Carolina at the end. But, um, yeah, that Florida State game in two weeks, I guess that's when we'll know. The rest of the season they'll probably be able to handle. But uh, it's going to be fascinating. Um, look, you know, I, I just think, you know, we both said it. It's, it's really about them. But how about Arkansas? I win with Ole Miss, but Arkansas, got to give them credit, a great game. But Austin Allen and the boys, man, they, they got it done. So, you know, we, we, we definitely got to give Arkansas a lot of credit, man. That team is – they're fighters. They, <laughs> but Ole Miss and LSU have no business in the top 25, right? That's what I was going to ask you about. What's up with the top 25 and keeping – all these SEC teams in there that, you know, three losses. And, I mean, Ole Miss is 3-3 three and three and they're 23rd in the country. I know their three losses were against great teams, but come on, Ray. That's, that, that, that's not cool. You're saying that's a little too much SEC love? Don't you think? I mean, at some point. I mean, come on. It's a little too much, man. I, I hear you, man. Look, at the end of the day, strength of schedule is important, and, and you got to give people props for, for playing tough teams, for being in tough divisions. But you also got to give teams credit for winning. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, once in a while on the margin, you could give you know, a, little, a little wink, wink, and a nod, nod, but you got to win games. Three and three is, is your 500, you know. You've <laughs> lost as many as you've won, so I, I feel you on that. You know, I, I, and I'm not saying that I know of a bunch of teams that need to be up in there, but, you know, to me, you know, yeah, you've got Navy at 24 and LSU – they're four and two. I haven't seen anything out of them that they deserve to be in the top 25. So it's just kind of fascinating. So, look, we got the baseball tonight. It's going to be a good sports week. Monday, next Monday, we have our NBA preview. I think on Friday, man, we got to start throwing out some uh, NBA talk and questions. But we got a trade to talk about real quick before we end the show. What would you think about the Bucks sending MCW, Michael Carter-Williams of Syracuse fame, to Chicago Bulls for Tony Snell. What do you think? A, kind of a point guard for a two guard, you know, and I guess a, a solid backup to Rondo for MCW to now play with Wade and Butler. I kind of like it. I think it was a win-win for both teams. I mean, remember that Milwaukee gave up on Brandon Knight to bring in Michael Carter-Williams. He basically had his best season as a rookie for Philly could never figure out how to shoot the ball. You know, maybe he needs to work with uh, – and they thought they're working with Jason Kidd because that was exactly what Jason Kidd was coming out of Cal. You know, that sort of 6'4 point guard who can't shoot but can defend, can, you know, has great leadership skills. Eventually, Jason Kidd, what is he, the, the number three all-time three-point shooter <laughs> in NBA history. That's by the three-pointers made. 
so yeah, so Michael Carter Williams a little bit disappointing. Now he only came out as a as a freshman. I think uh, Jason came out as a sophomore. But you know, it, they almost gave up on him. You know, they almost saying we're taking Snell, who's a backup, and we're not even keeping Michael Carter Williams, who should have been our starting point guard. So. Having said that, going to Chicago is perfect for him. He gets the backup Rajon Rondo. But here's the thing, another guy that can't shoot. So how many non-shooters is Chicago going to have? Oh, the Bulls have horrible shooting, but a whole lot of length, defense, yep. and guys that can penetrate. So that just means uh, they got rid of them. Which is so funny because they're like the, all the opposite of Freddie Hoiberg. <laughs> I know, right? Well, that means Muratek and uh, Dougie McBuckets will just be standing out on the three-point line and shooting and shooting and shooting. So, you know, we got our fantasy basketball draft coming up next week, uh, next, this weekend. So maybe if you're looking for three-point shooters, look for Muratek and Dougie McBuckets to have on your roster, Ray, because that right there is, uh, you know, they're going to get a lot of three-point shots. I believe that. So I'm excited, right. man. We'll talk We'll talk some hoops and all that stuff coming up. But, you know, have a great sports week. Enjoy the baseball. Enjoy Monday Night Football. We both got the cards. And um, like always, thanks. thanks for listening. We are out. Peace. Have a great sports week. <laughs>